Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. In this episode, my guest, her name is Julie B. She's an award-winning entrepreneur, a leader of leaders, and an engaging storyteller. Julie has spoken for 14 years plus on topics like leadership, management, employee engagement, and morale, workplace culture, business ownership, and entrepreneurship. Julie's leadership insights have been featured on Fast Company, Forbes, Thrive Global, and more. Her forthcoming book with Matt Holt Books, The Business Owner's Guide to Burnout, is scheduled for release on early 2024. Julie, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Thanks for having me. I am glad to be here. Awesome to have you here. So, Julie, uh, actually, I don't know where to begin. You are like in management, leadership, entrepreneurship, business, like a lot of umbrellas, I guess. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, first, tell us your story. How did you get into 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 this why did you become a bit an entrepreneur did you have a job before how did you transition yeah absolutely so i'll just start at the beginning um i came out of college with a degree in accounting and went to work for pricewaterhouse coopers and quickly learned that that was not going to be my career not going to be really just wasn't for me so uh after a year in corporate america i transitioned to working in small businesses. And I worked in small businesses for a few years, ultimately becoming a key employee to a business owner. And then in 2008, uh, I lost my job and was not going to get another job with the housing market crash here. So I started a company and I've been running that company, Be Smart Social Media, it's a marketing agency. Um, I've been running that company now for over 14 years. And um, in 2020, I I had been looking for kind of my next thing for a while. And I've always really been uh, very passionate about leadership and entrepreneurship. And I just had a, I had literally had a friend of mine um, take a video that I did about leading remote workforces because I've, I've been working remotely since 2004. So I, I was creating content around that. And he literally took that video lifted the audio and started a podcast for me. And that is when I started really focusing on uh, leadership, coaching and consulting, especially specifically for business owners, because it's a totally different ballgame. I have led in both corporate uh, America, I've led as a key employee in a a small business, and I've been a business owner and a leader. And so it's it's a totally different ballgame when you're the owner of a business and a leader. 
And uh, that is really where I am focused on. I'm, I'm really focused on helping. My goal is in the next 10 years to help 1 million business owners. And I'm going to do that in a variety of ways, but I want to help business owners thrive. And one of the ways I do that is I help them become a leader of leaders. Awesome. So mm -hmm. the, since you are in leadership, do you think that, and your goal is to, to reach 1 million people, right? So do you think each person or entrepreneur or business owner is a leader or not all people can be leaders? I, I think anybody can be a leader if they want to be a leader. And I think a lot of people are leaders and they don't think they are. That's the interesting, um, there's an interesting dynamic there. But I think most entrepreneurs, even if they don't have employees, even if they are solopreneurs, it takes a certain type of person to uh, start, a, start a business. And I, I would say that, I mean, most entrepreneurs I meet are definitely uh, leaders in one way or another, even if they don't have employees. So I think it's kind of just part of the the makeup, if you will, of of an entrepreneur to also be a leader. So to put it in context, what do, what do you personally define a leader as? Yeah, so you know, a leader is it's someone, and I always for for business owners, I always put this in the context of the difference between managing and leading. Um, you know, managing being a manager and, and business owners have to do both. And being a manager is more about making sure the work gets done and all of the things that kind of go into that. Um, but being a leader, on the other hand, it's that's all about the people who you work with or who work for you, uh, the culture of the business that you're building and, and the impact that that has on those individuals and, and your community, as well as the vision of the business. And it's kind of your job as a leader is to make sure everyone you're leading is on the same page about all of those things pretty much all of the time. So that's really, if, if you could manage to do that, um, there, and there are some things that, you know, I think make a good leader, uh, being compassionate, understanding it's one of them. Um, but, but really it's about making sure that those, those three things, the people and the culture and the vision are all kind of working together to move forward, move forward and, and towards whatever that ultimate vision is. That's really, I think, the essence of leadership. So do you think, like, for example, there are certain skills or certain traits that people should be looking at to develop their leadership skills? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially as a business owner and really any leader, I think you, the first thing that I would advise anyone who's interested in either becoming a leader or being a better leader would do is to really know yourself. So know your strengths and your weaknesses, your pros and your cons. Like I think great leadership starts with self-leadership and that starts with knowing who you are, knowing what your core values are um, and all of, all of those characteristics. And I often recommend that people take, a couple of different types of assessments because ass assessments are objective and, you know, you, you can think you're good at something or, or not great at something, but if you take an assessment, it'll, it'll either validate what you already knew, or it will surprise you and, and maybe open your eyes to something that you can either work on or pursue because it might be a strength or a weakness, just depending on which way you want to go with that. So at the, at the core of it, you got to know yourself. And that starts with that self-awareness part. And then once you, once you have a kind of firm grasp on that, 
then, you know, I think it's really important for people to understand, especially for business owners. And I, I think most leaders have to do a lot of uh, both managing and leading. Um, I think it's really important for that individual to know when they're doing which one, when they're managing and when they're leading, because you approach both of those tasks a little differently, uh, depending on the scenario. For uh, someone to be a leader, the principles are, for example, to have some empathy, like to connect with mm -hmm. people, to, to learn communication skills, because mm -hmm. a leader, a lot of people think of a leader as like the person who's telling people to go do something when it mm -hmm. could be actually the person who's in front of these people doing the thing that he is or she is asking mm -hmm. them to do in front of them instead of them telling them you should go and do this. Yeah, well, and actually one of my uh, one of my favorite things to recommend to business owners who, you know, have some people who are really who have really good people on their team, but uh, when the business owner still feels kind of stuck managing, one thing I always advise them to do is when somebody brings a question to you, ask them what they think they should do. Just and let them let them answer, let them struggle a little bit because that a leader isn't somebody who's just pointing at people and saying, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. That's that's more managerial. I think a leader is more of a coach, a mentor. And I think, you know, probably one of the best compliments a leader can get is that they help somebody else become a leader. And the way you do that is you help people learn how to problem solve, how to be more resilient, how to be more resourceful on their own, because those are all skills that leaders need. So when, you know, when somebody comes to when an employee or a, a contractor comes to you and asks, you know, what do you think I should do about this problem or this, you know, opportunity? My favorite thing is to just turn it back around on them and ask them, what, what do you think we should do and why? And that I think is one of the easiest ways to like, if you're looking for a one, you know, a, a quick, you know, this is how you start leading that there is probably one of the easiest ways to elevate your leadership skills. Awesome, because it shows that it shows the employees, for example, or someone who's asking that mm -hmm. you appreciate them for who they are, for what they do, for their mind. Yeah. It's not like they are some kind of a <laughs> machine that yeah. uh, that they are can be turned on and off. So, yeah, and you want you know you want you want people to come to you with with ideas and with. Um, you know, with that energy and you, you definitely want to harness that. You don't want to say no, but you also don't want to set up a system where everybody comes to you with every question they have. You want people to understand how, how to go about addressing a, a challenge or, you know, going after an opportunity that's in line with, you know, the mission, vision, and values of the organization um, one thing that I will ask is how does this align with a core value of ours? Like we just recently made a decision internally uh, about something we're doing in marketing. And one of our core values is to be an ally to business owners. And that, uh, that idea really that, that came from, from one of my team members really aligns with that value of being an ally. And so that's an opportunity. You know, I talk about when you're a leader, you got to make sure that ever, you know, your people are all moving in the same direction and they understand the culture and they understand the vision. That's an opportunity to 
to highlight, like, this is something we're going to do. And the reason we're doing it is one, it's, it's going to be good for business. And two, it's, it aligns with our core values. Yeah. So how, speaking of culture and values, mission and of the mm-hmm. companies, so how, how do you teach people, the employees, especially the, let's say the newcomers to the culture of the business or company, let them know that this is the company's mission and this mm-hmm. is like the most important mm-hmm. core of it. So so that, mm-hmm. like you mentioned also, you don't want the employee to come ask the leader or the owner for everything that they might be able to solve themselves, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want to build, leaders want to build leaders. So that does not mm-hmm. make any sense if you want to go back to your owner and ask them for every little thing. Yeah. Yeah, so... And really starting with day one, reiterating what the vision and the mission and the culture, what those uh, those core values are with a new, you know, a new employee coming in. And that's that really helps down the road because it helps them when they're making decisions. They have a roadmap. They have, you know, a filter to say, does this is this going to take us a step towards achieving the vision? Is this going to be in line with our mission? And are, are, is this thing that I'm thinking about doing or, or thinking about pitching, it, does it align with our core values? So if you start with that, um, it, it helps reduce some of the, the questions that will, will come to you because they'll, you know, they already have kind of a framework of what's expected. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you got to keep it simple, like, so our, our vision is to help a million business owners by 2032. We we literally just went through a, this entire year. We have gone through updating our core values, updating our mission, and updating our vision. And so we we literally just landed on that vision. And the you know the mission is to help business owners elevate from practitioner to become a leader of leaders, so that they can then go on and have a and and make a positive impact in their community. And then the way we do that is through coaching, speaking, my book, you know, those types of things, interviews like this. That's that's kind of the what or the how we do it. From a culture perspective, though, I think it, it all starts with how we build it is from the bottom up. So we start with core values. We identify the core values and then we go to uh, culture statements or examples that highlight what the core values are. So if you have a I call it a culture playbook. And it kind of highlights real life examples of decisions that have been made that embody our core values. And that is something that you can literally hand somebody on day one and say, this is how we act here. This is our culture. Like this is a playbook for our culture to give you some ideas of the examples and thing and decisions and and some things that we have done that have been in line with our core values and, and a few things that have not been in line and what happened when we followed that path. Um, just to give people an idea of, of what that expectation is. And usually, um, I think most people, when they're starting a new job, they just want to be successful. They, they just want to be accepted and appreciated and respected at work. And, you know, as a leader, you want to do everything you can to uh, create an environment that will enable them to to achieve that success. And so I think really letting them know what's expected up front from the culture and environment perspective is crucial in those first, you know, those first few weeks and and when they're working for you. Um, and then, you know, they're either going to be a good fit or not. And, you know, hopefully your hiring process has uh, sorted out who is a good fit and who isn't. But 
um, you, you just want to give everybody the, the biggest chance of success you can and, and making sure that they understand, you know, your mission, vision and values is, is one of the ways to do that. Yeah. So, so you're working with clients when there's mm-hmm. something like going the wrong way, let's say, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you deal with that and correct that in a way that keeps the business or the owner uh, having control mm-hmm. of the business and at the same time, giving more value to their customers and keeping their their employees uh, happy and satisfied. Because sometimes it gets it gets stressful. It get, a lot of people get burned out. So how mm-hmm. how, how does that uh, work? Yeah, you know, business ownership is it's a unique job, and I, you know, one of the I think one of the reasons uh, business owners get frustrated is they don't have a boss. They don't have anybody else to go to. Um, And I actually often call myself their leadership backup because I will come in and help them figure out how to, you know, approach a situation from a you know, more neutral place, I guess you could say, you know, because it's, it's hard, man. It's hard being a business owner. So yeah, you know, if, if somebody has a, um, if somebody if a client comes to me with a problem that it just seems like there's no, there's no fix to it, or it's just a really challenging problem. The first thing I'm going to say is, okay, let's just take a step back for a minute because usually what happens is business owners will get really spun up into thinking through like multiple possible options. And that's not a bad thing, but, but what I find is that we get it kind of analysis paralysis and we plan and we plan yeah, there's there's no, it's just, you kind of get stuck in planning. So the first thing you have to do is just get, get the business owner to just pause for a second and just say, okay, like there is this problem or there's this, you know, massive opportunity sometimes and I'm overwhelmed, but I, you know, I have to, I have to address it and I need to take care of myself while I'm addressing it. So that's the first step is you, you got to get the business owner to just go from like here to, you know, from all the way, you know, on a 10, maybe get them down to like a five so that they can, that we can approach it more uh, effectively. And then, you know, we look at kind of uh, what I'll usually do. And it's funny because even with my clients, they often know what the answer is too. So I'll, I'll ask them the same questions I ask my own employees. What do you think you should do and why? And you know, we usually have a couple of options. We'll go through those options and based on, you know, everything from budget to uh, concerns around specific employees to um, concerns for the business owner. You know, the business owner might have some life events coming up that need to be factored into whatever the decision is. We'll look at the options, we'll weigh the options, and we will often come back to, okay, like, how does this align with the core values? which one aligns the most with the core values, which, which decision is going to be the best decision for the most people. And, you know, obviously feasibility in there as well. You know, what can we actually do financially or time-wise or space-wise? Um, those are all things we, we look at, but it, it all starts with kind of going, getting the, getting the business owner to go from like a, a stress level of 10 to get them down to a five to, for them to just know, like, I'm here. We're going to figure it out. And, you know, there are options. We just have to sort through them and, and make decisions based on these parameters that you had already set up. So that's really, you know, the, the last thing you want to get into is real, a really hard, 
a really hard decision where you don't have really any guardrails. That's what I, I really, I, I preach having guardrails in a lot of ways. And, and for the business owner, their guardrails really are the mission, vision, and values of the company and, and how they want to show up too. You know, do they want to show up calm? Do they want to be, uh, you know, or what kind of business owner do they want to be? Um, and usually most of them want to be calm and respected and also uh, engaging. So yeah. we we talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So leaders should, like, for example, they should have the initiative to do certain things and try to work on things. But mm-hmm. can they take things all the time to a next level, for example, to a higher performance from employees, a better response to customers, uh, increasing revenue for the business and company? So, yeah, I mean, responding to customers... And and one of the things that I think is really, um, I think it's really important for for those those. Again, I know I'm saying it a lot, but the mission, vision, and, and core values to be available to everybody who's in your ecosystem, including your customers, um, because you know, I think we all have to do business with with clients and customers sometimes that maybe we don't want to do business with. But over time, if you reiterate those values, you find that you you will end up with clients and customers who who understand the decisions that you're making and why you're making them. And there are, you know, you also have to, one decision that especially consumer-based, um, well, really any, but especially consumer-based uh, business owners have to make is, is, is the customer always right? Or is that, is that some, is that something that you want to kind of live and die by? Because in today's world, you know, that that can really, I think a lot of businesses are making the decision that no, the customer actually actually isn't always right. And he, you know, we are going to, you know, there are very specific instances when the customer isn't isn't right. And here's how we handle it. Um, because for example, in, in online retail, I mean, you get you get one bad review on your Shopify or on your Etsy account, and that can ruin your business. I mean, that can literally ruin your business. So, and it, it, I've seen it happen over things like somebody ordered a very customized product. It had already shipped. It was almost to the person's house and they decided they wanted to return it, even though it was clearly there was a no refund policy or no return on customized order policy. What does the what does the employee do there? What does the customer service agent or the business owner do there? You have to stand by your, you know, I think you have to stand by the 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 rules that you set out from the beginning. And that's another thing that you know we talk about. So I think that from a revenue perspective and from a you know customer service perspective, having your employees understand like here are the rules, here are we here are how we handle certain things. And you know, we always want to be respectful. We never want to yell, you know, we never want to get into a fight with anybody and it's okay to say no. It really is okay to yeah. say no sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Leadership, like you mentioned decisions, leadership, mm-hmm. I believe it's about decisions. So when you make a decision, you should stick to it because mm-hmm. now, whether it's right or wrong, you will know later about <laughs> when I was a kid, I, uh, when I was a kid, geez, when I was a teenager, I worked as a, um, as an umpire and, and T-ball and in softball in my local neighborhood parks and recreation. And, you know, when you called up, when, when you were 
when the pitcher was pitching and you called a uh, you called that pitch a, a strike, even if it was outside the strike zone, even if like in the second after you called it a strike, you were like, mm, man, that was actually that was not a strike. That was a ball. You, you got to stick with the decision that you made. You can't go back on that. And that's kind of how like in those in the moments. Now, you can debrief that later. You can say, here's what happened. Here's how we could have improved. Here's how we could have improved our response. But in the minute. You you yeah. got to stick, you know, you really got to stick with what you say, I think. And I think that that all comes from, I mean, that, that is leadership too. You know, that's showing yourself, that's showing up as a leader, knowing that you're going to learn something from it. If you think, even if you think you're doing it wrong, you're going to learn something from it on the, on the other side and, and making sure you have time and space to learn those lessons. But I, and I think you, you teach that to your people too. Like I have a very I personally have a very, very strict um, no-show policy for meetings. Um, if and it's it's I will get on a meeting on a Zoom usually. I I don't do a ton of in-person meetings anymore because I work with people all over the country. But if if somebody, I will get on a Zoom call and I will wait for ten minutes. And if you know now if the person emails me or texts me or calls me and says hey i'm running late but i'm coming that's that's thank you very much for doing that but i've literally had people just i mean people don't do that sometimes i wait 10 minutes i don't send them an email i don't pick up the phone and call them you know i'm there waiting and then i will wait 10 minutes hang up the call and then send them a follow up email and and tell and ask them if they want to reschedule um and i've taught my employees to do the same thing and so you know we're a very client centered uh, B2B, both companies are very B2B, um, you know, working with some of our clients are, you know, they are quite, quite, quite large companies, but, you know, and that, that is about being respectful to yourself. And so, you know, I have that policy. I teach my employees that policy because they, their time is just as valuable as the client's. And I really believe that. And I think that, you know, setting that expectation with the clients as well is, is a really healthy thing to do. So, you know, you got to, you practice what you preach and, and also, you know, that's an example, that's a real life, I think, customer service example of if you were running late, I get it. And I'm not going to just sit here for, you know, 45 minutes and wait for you to come onto this call. Um, you know, we can reschedule because it's about, it's about setting expectations and about respecting somebody's time. Yeah, so exactly. that's, that's a real life example. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And making a decision because like you mentioned, uh, the call can be rescheduled for whatever reason it is. Yeah. And you also have your own time and your yeah. team have their time and you have other people and other customers to deal with it. So it's, you mm-hmm. eventually you have 24 hours a day. <laughs> you can get someone yeah. that, yeah. So, so um, a day is limited, I guess. And, and that's that. That is more about just there being an understand. Yeah, time is limited, and you know, a call might be scheduled for thirty minutes. Could I sit on Zoom for thirty minutes waiting for you? I could. Could I send you an email? I could, but it's it, you know, it comes down to just respecting everybody, just being respectful. And so, you know, I never want my team to feel like they are disrespected by our clients either. And so that's something that I have, um, I didn't used to do that, but I, I probably about five or six years ago, I brought in that policy because 
you know, I was getting frustrated about some of it and uh, I knew my employees were as well. So we, yeah. we made that made that policy. Mm-hmm. Well, like you, we mentioned earlier, we're talking about customers that they are, they are mm-hmm. a lot of business or people talk about that customer is always light. It's mm-hmm. actually he's a human eventually. So so he mm-hmm. might be wrong. So this yeah. customer might not be right fit for the business to be a customer or a client. So, Correct. So, so it's a, yeah. It's a good litmus test. It really is. It's like, well, you know, this person has wanted a meeting for a couple of weeks and and we had it on the books and then they didn't show up. And their response to the email was, oh, I totally forgot. Mm, that's, do I want that person as a client? I don't know. You know, I don't really know. So it, it's, it's a, it's a, or, you know, it's a good litmus test just to kind of see where, uh, you know, where things are. I mean, I've had I have a very, very sincere respect for people's time. And I think that is just one of the ways that I think that that culture point comes out in our, in our own, you know, in our own behind the scenes here. So <laughs> like, what do you would say one takeaway for the success secret audience to take from this episode? I think the biggest takeaway I would want people to take from this is that you lead people and you manage work. You can't really manage people. Um, you can manage the environment they work in. You can manage the tools that they use and the, you can help manage the work that they do. But you trying to manage an individual, I don't think that that's a realistic expectation. So I think if you can think about instead of I have to manage these individuals, if you can start thinking, I get to lead these individuals and, and really delineating between when you're leading and when you're managing, really knowing, you know, when you're doing which activity, it, those are some takeaways that I would really like for people to, to walk away from this with, because they really are two different skill sets, especially for business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, and it's really important to know when you're doing which, because that can make a a world of difference in in your business and in the culture that you work in. Yeah. So what would you say one thing for example that you are not really good at? Me not really good at uh there's a lot of things of um, <laughs> staying focused. <laughs> my my key employee, I'm I am very much a visionary. Uh so that means I have big 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 ideas. And I'm probably, I, I have to have a lot of integrators around me to integrate those ideas to actually make sure some of them happen, some of them don't happen. Um, I really rely on uh, my employees to, and my key team members to help me stay focused on, on the goal. Um, and then the other thing I would say, honestly, I am very uh, giving and I always want to give things away for free. Um, and by, I, I luckily I surround myself because I use assessments. I surround myself with people who put place a little bit of a higher value on money than maybe I do. And that keeps me out of trouble as a business owner. So those, those are two things I'm not the best at. <laughs> what would you say some of the resources, tools, or maybe books that you would recommend people to read about leadership, for example? Yeah. I mean, I think um, there are so many good ones. I, I think that Traction is a fantastic book. Um, I'm just look, thinking, I'm looking at my books over here. Traction is great. Atomic Habits really helped yeah. me get to know myself a little bit more. Um, and then I actually read this really interesting book called Your Oxygen Mask First. It, that's a fantastic book. Um, 
those are those are three i mean some of them are kind of really well known and then some of them i don't know if the your oxygen mask versus that well known but those are three books that uh, are really great and then assess there are i use the big five assessment that's a really great tool and then um, the passion compass assessment those those two assessments have been really really helpful um, and for me personally and also for my team members Julie, where can people get in touch with you to learn more about you, or more about your business? And if they want to learn more about uh, leadership and how to be a leader of leaders. Yeah, so you can go to my website, which is thejuliebee.com. That's B-E-E, like a bumblebee, thejuliebee.com. All of my information is on there. There's a blog, there's blog posts. I have a podcast. You can find the podcast information there. Um, there's resources on there that you can download. And Honestly, probably the best way to stay, you know, in touch with me is to sign up for my weekly email email newsletter because I send out an email once a week that has just some some highlights and some things that you can read, and uh, that's probably one of the best ways to stay in touch with me. Awesome, Julie. Thank you for being here today in this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. It's amazing information, thoughtful and inspiring. Actually, thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.